This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Light the Torch, formerly known as Devil You Know, have released the songs Die Alone and Calm Before the Storm from their upcoming new album, Revival, out Friday, March 30th via Nuclear Blast Entertainment. Frontman Howard Jones says, We are more than excited to release our album, Revival, and we all feel it's been worth every bit of the struggle to get it done. Revival is available on vinyl and exclusive t-shirt bundles at NuclearBlast.com. Pre-order your copies today. Michael Keane has promised the greatest lineup in metal, and as always, he has delivered. Introducing the new lineup for The Faceless. Michael Keane on stage performing clean vocals and guitars. On vocals, Ronnie James Dio. Hologram version, all vocals on backing tracks. On bass, Peter Steele. Also a hologram version, and due to budget constraints, he will only be 5 feet 8 inches tall. On guitar, Dimebag Daryl. <coughs> hologram version, but due to programming, will have the legs of a minotaur. Side note. All hologram performers are subject to change in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle characters or Warcraft orcs during performances. Hologram version of Michael Keem also available for certain performances. The Faceless. Don't miss Planetary Duality played in its entirety this summer. No. Unless someone steals the equipment and MacBook Pros for drugs or they get stolen. Be there. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Everybody hates your host, uh, Petter Speich, always joined by... Brandon Hahn, hello. And... Jocelyn Sharp. And this week, guys, we have an interview with Isan, frontman of uh, Black Metal Legends Emperor. He's got a new solo record, Amir, out May 4th, 2018. In this show, we're going to do a little bit differently, guys, because uh, we talk about a lot of hot button issues, me and Isan. And so we're actually going to play this interview first, uh, a couple tracks, and then we're going to come back and discuss the interview. Um, but before we jump into the interview, guys, this April, Blacklight Media Records will release Gozu's new album, Equilibrium. With roots in 60s psychedelia and classic rock, the fuzzy stoner riffs of the 70s, the grit of 90s grudge, and the winning dirty rock and roll that has in recent years made a resurgent. Gozoo has been churning out killer records since 2009. Equilibrium is certainly the catchiest and most intense music drop by the quartet, embracing their love of pop music, but without compromising on any of the other vital elements of their sound. Pre-order the album now at www.blacklightmediarecords.com slash gozoo. Once again, www.blacklightmediarecords.com slash gozoo. And without further ado, here is my interview with Isan. Hey everybody, it's Petter with the Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone I have Isan. We are talking about the new record, Amr, which is coming out May 4th out here, uh, 2018. Um, this is the follow-up to 2016's Arctis. Uh, what kind of growth can uh, fans expect to hear on this new record? Oh, uh, <laughs> what, what can I say? There, there are similarities and there are differences. Uh, I would say the similarities is probably as as it often is with my albums that at the heart of it there's always distorted guitars and some screaming I guess um, and uh, I've kind of kept on to that uh, idea of trying to make songs within that more traditional pop rock format if if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, beyond that I kind of changed the, the scene a little bit so. Uh, 
uh, whereas Arctis was very much placed, you know, outside in an Arctic landscape, and hence the metaphors of the lyrics and everything kind of uh, was was all kind of portrayed within that. Uh, this time, um, uh, it was uh, more of an as its uh, artwork suggests, it's uh, it's happening very much inside. So, and that has kind of reflected in the sound of everything and. Uh, the instruments I chose to use. Now, the lead yeah. single that you, you did the video for, Ar Arcana Imperii, is available now if people haven't seen it, but um, why did you choose this song as the lead single? Uh, it does seem like it's got everything kind of that encompasses your career is kind of on display in this song. Yeah, it was, it was more of uh, a matter of um, a song. I, I felt that song as, as the first representation of the album. You know, it, it kind of uh, explores... Uh, several aspects of you know the individual songs on the album, it, but it's, it's kind of it has that kind of hard edgy part, and it also has some of the soft parts. Uh, and uh, I thought it might be a good you know all, all rounder, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's a great dude. It's it's a it's a great song. Like it starts off, and then like you said in the middle, you have that mid tempo like the rocks the rock side and then you, you, it's just a, a fantastic song it got me really pumped up and excited for the whole record so i think that's exactly what you want the lead single to do you know so i, I guess really so cool. i mean yeah. I, i'm not i'm not i'm not very good at at uh, you know thinking in commercial terms i guess yes yeah I, 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 I must admit that i'm i'm very i have a very egocentric and selfish perspective when making out so um, your solo project, to me, it has a voice that represents, like you said, the you kind of have like an egotistical side, you said, to the solo project, which a solo project should have in mind. But it does represent an artistic view, uh, and it promotes you as an individual. Um, do you feel this is necessary for you to grow as a musician and me be more honest towards your fans musically? Well, I, I think it just, you know, in, in respect of that fact that I, I've, I've been able to do this for such a long time mm -hmm. uh, and I'd still have people you know, pick up the albums and come to the shows and everything after all this time. It's, um, I think uh, from, the, from the beginning of Emperor, I mean, obviously we did the first Emperor albums uh, purely with artistic ambitions in mind because there were, was really no career or money to be made or any success to be had you know, playing that style of music in 1991. And uh, and uh, even the first couple of albums, you know, it was still, you know, very very much uh, an, an underground project, and that was kind of the main ideal. And it was we we, you know, put our pride in being very uncompromising, uh, which in the end it's probably I, I like to believe is why we ended up having a career in the first place because we never really set out to to make it in any other field you know, and compete with something that was already there, it was more consequence of, you know, just being this, <laughs> this strong-minded about uh, uh, our expression, that I guess it, it kind of carved out a little space for it on its own. And um, I, I kind of just try to stick to that rule of thumb, that, uh, that people who, who are drawn to this style of music, uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, I think they're drawn to it because they want something that is real. And something that is heartfelt and not kind of polished to f fit any, you know, the commercial or market's desire or ideas of what it should be. And uh, when I said it, it's a very selfish uh, experience, it's f for me, you know, a lot of these things can now, especially 
writing music for guitar. It can often kind of limit itself to muscle memory. So for me to change the parameters of how I, I make an album from the get-go and kind of create a new scene for me to create within and this framework, it, it helps me to, to keep the same enthusiasm and excitement and kind of profound focus on the end you know, on the song and songs and the album, as I think it should should have, because basically, as as I've said many times, if I'm not excited about making it, I can't really expect anyone to be excited about listening to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people think that now that I'm doing black metal, you know, pure blast metal, black metal songs and almost entirely pure pop songs on the same album, that I do that kind of out of shock value. But it, uh, but obviously it's uh, it's just an attempt, you know, to to keep myself, you know, excited about the whole process. <laughs> Completely understand, yeah, yeah, and it comes off on, in the solo stuff. It's 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 such a, I mean, your entire career, it's it's different and it's and it's inventive and it's creative, and that's the one thing I love about when you are a black metal artist on on one level or a solo artist is that you have no parameters and you can just kind of go off of a personality, you know, and, and, um, well, th- thanks for saying that. I mean, yeah. but I, I it, it, in my view, I, I, I thought that was the whole idea of black metal, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, this, the, cr- cr- this crawling, you know, do what I will shall be the whole of the law. So, so, uh, um, yeah. And that's kind of where, where we started out. And I, I don't really see how, what, why to, to change the parameters, and and in the same way, I, I mean, obviously, I get that a lot. Oh, will there be another Emperor album? And you guys are doing shows now, and will there be another Emperor album? And uh, no, it won't. I mean, it's uh, first of all, I mean, what kind of Emperor album could possibly satisfy, you know, that demand? <laughs> True. Yeah. You know? And and on the other hand, I mean, I I as a solo artist, I feel I have much more. Uh, control and artistic freedom. Obviously, there will be would be no Emperor albums uh, with eight string guitars and saxophone, or Emperor albums with tuned eight oh eights. <laughs> but uh, but as a solo artist, I kind of I get to do that. Uh, so so for me at this point, you know, going back to making for say an Emperor album would uh, would be kind of a limitation to what I could do creatively, and in that respect you know you know going backwards can, uh, can i say that, like it would be an adult yeah. going back to a teenager yeah would, yeah it is would it feel in that a way. way yeah and, and and like i'm just saying like in a in a mindset cuz like you said you've grown and you've experienced so much more and that's the one thing like cuz i do i live in the us out here um and there is right now in our country um there's extreme viewpoints from like the liberal and the conservative side and um and they are like kind of clouding the media to make it seem that life here is very judgmental and unforgiving but from your perspective yeah. how does america seem i think uh, you know growing up in norway and mm-hmm. having that kind of uh, very the, the the us culture through movies through everything to food and everything has been of course very very embedded also into modern Norwegian culture, you know, as a, as a small country, uh, you know, there's not a big, uh, you know, like movie industry in Norway. And we we're small, so too small to have like all the, all the movies dubbed, you know, to our native language. So I think uh, in so many aspects, you know, the, the Western culture and then in particular, you know, the U S culture 
uh, is uh, is very common in Norway. So it's it's been my to my surprise, you know, because we I think as Norwegians we feel kind of very uh, close to Americans in, in that way, but having visited the U.S. and also now with you know your political political situation and uh, there are so many uh, cult- cultural things and and all these uh, kind of extreme outer edges that is very very hard to understand. You know, for for me, something like the the NRA and and Donald Trump, you know, it's 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 very very hard to 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 kind of understand the mindset and and the mentality, you know, in the people that you know that these things are such strong forces. And it's it's even harder America. for me to explain, like uh, when I talk to people, because <laughs> it, it it is it is hard to explain. So and then like in our co- in our country, like black metal has. There's been so many documentaries. Like I said, there's, you know, even Lord, Lords of Chaos are making a movie, but there's been so many documentaries that are, have vilified the movement, that have put labels on it, that have put huge spotlights on the crimes, you know, that, that would occur during that movement, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it does leave, like, so many, like, great artists like, like yourself um, getting asked to explain actions of people when they were young and their heinous mistakes uh, in the youth that define them kind of in the culture that we live in out here, it defines them for the rest of their lives. Um, and like for you, you, you stated in the past that Satanism, Satanism was like an adolescent phase for you. When do you feel you kind of grew out of that phase? <laughs> well, I, I guess as a teenager, obviously you kind of put things on the edge to create, of create a reaction. And I guess you take the hard statements, you know, and you wear them on the outside, you know, to to kind of carve out that split, you know, really show the world that you you want that individual space for yourself, and then you kind of spend the rest of your life uh, justifying that to yourself, you know, and kind of finding the arguments for why <laughs> you, you took that stand. It's a it's a learning it's, lesson, just like any youth. Yeah, I, I understand. It, it is, yeah. and, and you kind of grow up very fast when you take such an extreme, you know point of view and an and extreme alienation from the society you live in and 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 you kind of reflect you know the people you meet you know through that um, and uh, I've seen this mechanism and it's, it's kind of been a, a, an interesting ride because obviously at the time the emperor records and everything you know what a moral uh, disgrace you know how awful how horrible uh, and and uh, from major you know, music media as well, what, what, you know, what crap this is, you know, and then you give it a few years, you know, and things, especially when, you know, albums start selling and you get, you know, there's money involved and everything, people think it's amazing, <laughs> you know, it's still the same records, mm-hmm. you know, but people's, uh, people have chosen to disregard all the, all the crimes and everything that was kind of part of that movement. Uh, and kind of substitute that for wanting to be part of the success and say, yeah, you know, to talk to people abroad and everywhere from Norway, oh, yeah, Norwegian black metal, oh, yes, we know some people who play in a black metal band. You know, it's... Uh, it's uh, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, and, and, and you get that all the time. And, and I think uh, the most interesting part is that uh, I, I meet people who, who kind of... You, you know how media loves, uh, for example... Uh, a musician or someone famous who had drug problems and then they kind of sobered up, you know, mm-hmm. and it's the most amazing person ever, you know, because they, you never get, you know, people who never got into drugs at all, 
they'd never get a pat on the back. But if you're someone who had drug problems, especially if you if you were someone half famous, and then you got out of it, it's like they're the most amazing people ever. And that's a that's, and, a, that's a good example because, like you said, all the crimes they did, they have the excuse. Like all, I mean, all the the evil. I don't want to say evil. That's not the word. All the the bad things they might have done to people, they had the excuse of the addiction, right? And yeah, and yeah. then they have the 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 coming back so people can re- reconcile and say, Hey, you know, they've grown up, they've changed, they've done something better with their lives. So, and that's something that like, like I said, from our cultural viewpoint, it's if, if, um, if someone just got into emperor right now and they heard like, you know, Samoth um, was, you know, guilty of burning churches, the, like the hate crime that Faust was committed for. And then they see that you guys, mm. you know, reunited together on a stage. Um, you know, when you guys did in the nightshade eclipse, the, the reunion tour, it would be people might look at that from the cultural that I'm in as something that like you you have reconciled with them and you've given them a, a pass for those past actions. Was there ever a moment where you asked yourself maybe like, okay, um, I have to be okay with what these guys did in the past before performing with them? Not at all. Not I mean, all. these are. I mean, I I can understand. You know, from an outside, you, you see a person who did a crime, mm-hmm. and then that's all you know about that person. But obviously, it's such a di- if someone in your family tells something like that, of course, that's just part of the person you know. So, so it's a uh, we just have to uh, admit to ourselves that we are, we have different parameters for the people close to us than people that are are distant from us. Mm-hmm. You know, so that so that's also just an individual perception. But I, I, we got some criticism, especially for you know bringing Faust with us on stage, uh, and and people feel, felt like by us doing that we were condoning the actions he did, and they as an audience, potential audience would kind of condone that if watching the show with him on stage, that kind of thing. Uh, but my my reply to that was really uh, that. Okay, we can all have individual thoughts and ideas about what is, you know, what is the right penance for this and that crime, you know, and some some think, you know, the death penalty is okay, some think it should be milder, uh, and but in general, in in Europe at least, we we don't have the death penalty. We have a very similar kind of justice system that says for this and this crime, you know, you serve that amount of time, and then. Uh, as as it is in in Western society, you know, when you did your time, you know, you kind of start over, and uh, and then you can have the individual, as I said, perceptions of if that is fair or not. But if it's kind of morally okay for the the kind of democratic legal system, and it's still not, you know, morally right enough for you or enough politically correct, I was thinking. Maybe Norwegian black metal is not for you. <laughs> I understand, man. Yeah, and it is a different. Uh, like you said, it's a very you, you. You can't really have one without the other. They, they want like the true black metal, you know, with this all the craziness. But but you can't. There's nothing called you know, nor, true Norwegian politically correct black metal. Yes, it doesn't exist. You know, and you really don't get to choose. You you, you don't get to choose. You know, and you. But again. There's, it's it's like with the, with the, some big authors, you know, that might have you know alcohol problems, you know. Does that affect you know the quality of their writings, you know? 
in, in some respects, I, I can understand it, but uh, but especially when it comes to a thing like this, and and you, you could we could all uh, again change our uh, like like people like people do, you know, like okay, it's it's all in the past, uh, and and now it's successful, so it's okay, uh, but it's I mean. You could say Norwegian black metal. I just heard stories about Motley Crue in the eighties, who had like twelve-year-old uh, girls on the on the rider, you know, for the shows back in the eighties, which is uh, far less okay, I think. And, you and know, you no, know, I completely like I said, I completely agree with perception. I completely agree, like you said, um, with the family mentality of knowing a human being and the mm. you know, like I said, being represented negatively through the through the press in like an article. You know, that defines yeah. someone. Like, do, do you condone do you condone drug use if you like Jamie Hendrix? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I see I see both both viewpoints. But would you do you feel that maybe if there was like a uh just uh, like I said, this is coming from the American perspective. You know, um, mm-hmm. if there was like a, a truly, uh, like they they expressed regret, like I'm really truly sorry for this, like in a media way, that that would be fulfilling for a lot of people. Or do you think that it wouldn't matter anyway? Uh, probably it wouldn't matter because mm-hmm. in in my in my experience, it, it has never really mattered what we did or what we said. It was you know people's perceptions and, and view you know attitude to what towards me and what we were doing has always been how they chose it to be to, honestly and it mm-hmm. that's been a very when when people decided we were we were we were crap you know they they treated us as such and when they decided this is successful this is something we want part of you know they decided to do that and and I've been met. That's what was my point earlier on. I've been met with that kind of attitude, uh, like, oh, it's so nice now that you've regretted everything and that you changed your your ways. And to be quite honest, I don't feel I've really. Of course, I've changed as a person, but my my intentions and my my reasons for doing the music that I do and dealing with the kind of existential uh, questions that I I write about is very much the same as when I started out. It's just that everybody, you know around it have kind of changed how they they want to relate to it so uh, we, we are i think society in ma- many ways are, are just so stuck on some some kind of uh, absolute truths but that but but they're not uh, that, that are not kind of um they're not oh, sorry, I, yeah no i understand yeah, no 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 but but it's it's like uh, like we're taught to, of course, I'm a very opposed to religion, you know, as as a not religious people, but uh, as as uh, a kind of a force in society, yeah, because I find it very very uh, uh, liberating, <laughs> and and has been so all my life. But I mean, there's some uh, religious symbols uh, and some kind of superstitions, if you can put it in that category, you know, that you're taught to. You need to respect this. You know, but if you believe in UFOs, I want to send your kids to school with tinfoil hats and like welcome T-shirts. Of course, you, you're mad. <laughs> but but if people be believe, for, from my perspective, if people believe in ghosts or gods or whatever, and kind of let that guide their lives. You know, it's you know all fair. Uh, it's it's uh, individual. But but why should you respect one more than the other? That's you know, and that's the hard that's the hard lesson I think. Society, or I mean, humanity, 
you know the, yeah yeah exactly one way it's, is the right way when there is so no the, truth yes I, I yeah see. yeah there, there's a so so uh, i guess my my it, it sounds I, during this conversation i think i've come across maybe as a very very uh, you know ex- extremist in point of view in some regards because it, it kind of excites me to or, or this is something questions that engage me mm-hmm. that, that kind of uh, hypocrisy that that we, we see every day but really, when it, uh, I, I never really deal with you know issues like this in a political way, you know, in my music or anything. But it, it, if I was, you know, my, my my point of view is, you know, it's probably better explained if it, I just refer people to to see some video clips of Sam Harris, you know, <laughs> if you've seen him. Yes, I know. I, I do. I knew, know what you're talking about. Yeah, man. So yeah, it's, it's just perfect. I mean, it's it's a very much calmer way than I would ever manage to be. It just uh, I, I saw this clip where he was uh, attacked, you know, verbally by um, what's the actor, the guy who played Batman. Oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, just just, just Google it. You know, Sam Harris and Ben Affleck, and uh, it's it's really funny. It's uh, it it it's exactly that he said. You know, he was criticizing. I think he was criticizing parts of religion, amongst them, like some some of these uh, things in in uh, the Muslim religion, for example, or Islam, that you know, to to punish homosexuals, something like that. That we should be allowed to criticize that aspect of it without necessarily having to criticize every person that is is uh, is a Muslim. You know that you have to kind of be able to to, to criticize parts of religion or political views. That you know, we sh- we should, as a society, not condone, regardless of where you come from, you know. And Ben Affleck, uh, you know, attacked him for twelve minutes or something for being a, a, a Muslim hater or a racist and all the kind of bad words he can con- come up with. Really, just proving his point that the society we live in have this kind of dogma on certain uh, certain. Uh, religions or 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 certain uh, environments certain certain people or or political views that are kind of beyond critique you know and 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 uh, that you're not allowed to say anything reasonable about it uh, without being being was uh, you know burnt at the stake <laughs> and that is and and i see i do see your viewpoint like i said um on that and um but that's that's the dangers of generalization that's the dangers of you know, mixing empathy with sympathy. Um, that's, you know, doing a lot of things that um, is, it's its more on the popular front to be able to say this is right and this is wrong and, and look at everything in black and white. But in actuality, in mm. reality, everything's a case-by-case basis. You can't generalize. You can't... Um, no, you can't generalize, but but you kind of have to be, there's some general, you know, guidelines which, which should should be kind of universal. And very obvious. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And and with yeah. that though, like like, and but your general guidelines for something like like you and I agree with that. But your general guidelines from where you grew up and all that stuff could be different from someone in a different region and all that stuff. So how do those two cultures decide what general guidelines are universal? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I was uh, really I, I've been conservative. I mean, <laughs> referring to my my. Uh, my new album, like a song like "Where You Are Lost and I Belong," mm. it's really very much about that. That how uh, e- even you know people close to you m- might have uh, 
and in your same culture may have a totally different perception and view of the world you know and that we we would be strangers in our each other's per, per, perception of the world and and ourselves in it you know so which is it's which is nothing wrong it's just a very 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 interesting and goes to show how much choice we have in in um, in how our our how we kind of dictate our lives and impose our will and and use in our own lives. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair. And so, and I, like I said, I'm so sorry we got off topic. The new album, Amr, is out May 4th, 2018, guys. Like I said, the new solo record. Um, definitely check that out. We will be playing a track after this interview. And um, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling back in and giving me the time. I'm sorry I went over uh, on you there. But yeah, the conversation was really good. I didn't even want to stop it, to be honest with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that but, was good talking to you. I, ho- I hope I haven't... Uh, yeah, put myself in a totally politically incorrect viewpoint with your I, listeners. I don't think so. I th- <laughs> like I said, I, I, <laughs> I think honesty from different regions and different cultures. Like I think that's what we want to hear. It's how people yeah. take what you say, the words, and if they they hear it correctly or they use it for their agenda. And that's something exactly. that, um, that, like I said, that's up thanks, to them. Thanks for saying that because that that's my. Th- I mean, in in the beginning when I was starting to do interviews. You know, that's quite a long time ago. I was so, I, I insisted on reading back, you know, how how it was written down before it went to press and all that because I was so afraid of being misquoted and misunderstood and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, of course, at some point, you, you, you can't be checking that. Mm-mm. And, and, and uh, after over 20 years and all the, you know, probably bad and stupid things I've said, and and all and add to that all the misquotes and misperceptions of what I did say and what I did mean, and it really didn't backfire that hard. So now at this point I don't care. <laughs> you know I can get I can get that when we get into this discussion like this, and after the, you know probably five minutes from now I'll be like, oh fuck, what did I say? You know, <laughs> um, and it, this is not in my in my you know mother tongue. You know, it's it's in a different language. So maybe I've screwed up entirely. But then again, you know. I think for, probably I'll be fine. I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> like like I said, I, I personally I'll tell you straight up. I think that certain people will listen to this and be like, I completely understand what he's saying and everything. And I do I see what the question was asked, you know. I, I don't think I was trying to ask any loaded questions, you know, or anything like that. And then yeah, you'll have other people who have their minds made up already and they're yeah, they're gonna they're gonna listen to what you said and they're gonna they're gonna, like I said, be angry with it, get upset, and then like I said, it's up to the listener. And 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 all that stuff, but you but know, isn't that isn't that what it makes it interesting? I mean, I think it's entirely you know, it's so boring when everybody's kind of agree on everything. Agreed. Oh, no, I, I completely you know, agree. Yeah, some, especially with radical views on things. You know, it's it's interesting to know how they got got there, especially if it's a person who can actually be in a position to discuss it rather than just feel offended by someone having a, a difference of opinion. Yes, and, and and in all fairness, like the flip side, people have the right to be offended by anything I say, by anything you say. I'm good with all that, you know. But yeah, but to, is to your agenda to offend? No, that's what I'm trying to say. Is oh. is that uh, our agenda? Yeah. Exactly, and as to quote Stephen Fry, you know, that just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> exactly, but a lot of people think they are. That's that's that that I think right there um, is is a very uh, it's just a real statement. Like, just because you're offended yeah. doesn't mean you're right. Sometimes you are, though. 
I, I I do agree with that, but sometimes you aren't. It's a case by case basis, and and like I said, I just want to thank you, man, so much for for you know calling me back and doing all that, and you know having the conversation and letting people let them decide, let them break it apart, let them figure it out, man. It's it's not about it's not about that. I'm like I said, I just want to definitely support the new record. I'm a huge fan, and uh, and that's uh, you know that stays in the interview. I'm a huge fan, and nothing you said is going to make me not buy this new record. So. That's the way it is. Oh, thank you. You know, so that's that's one thing at least. So
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Morning from the fire! Comes a greater of pure contempt! And on the board of fictional rocks!
Doesn't matter if it's punk, metal, or rock. Rockabilia is your one-stop shop for all band merch. They have over 500,000 items to choose from. Hard to find stuff that you can't get anywhere else with the largest selection of music merchandise available in the world. Doesn't matter if it's hats, shirts, autograph items, patches for your battle vest. Rockabilia will have you covered. And everything is officially licensed. Don't fall for the Chinese counterfeit band merch on Amazon or the targeted Facebook post promoting a bootleg product. If you support Rockabilia, you're supporting the artists. Been around since 1987 with 30 years of giving you the best memorabilia. And for special discounts, use the promo code PCJabberJaw. So for your punk, metal, and rock memorabilia, there's only one place to go, www.rockabilia.com. All right, guys, and we are back. The first song you heard is Arcana Imperia. It's a First single off Isan's new record, uh, Amur, which is out May 4th, 2018. The second song you heard, guys, that is going to be uh, off the new record, the latest record from The Absence. That song is called Misery Trophies. It is currently out uh, right now. came out March 23rd. Definitely check out that record. It's fantastic. And with that, guys, we just wanted to talk about what we just heard in the interview. Uh, there was a lot of hot button stuff that we talked about. I wanted to continue the interview. It was a short one. He only, he only gave he only had 20 minutes, but yet he continued on. He gave me about 30, which was super cool of him. But one of the things that I really liked that we were talking about that I want to continue was the perception of crimes when artists are making money. Do you think that's something that can still happen in today's society? Or do you think that time between the 80s, the 90s have changed so much now that you cannot, um, that cloud that used to let people, you know, get off with things i think gone. it was more of a time frame a i don't think frame. i don't think it has nothing i don't think it has anything to do with fame anything matter of fact if you're famous or if you're in the spotlight all they're trying to do is knock you out of that spotlight. yeah i mean yeah. it's it's less so now you can get away with a lot less i mean god forbid you sneeze on somebody's plate who's sitting next to you there'll be 18 articles on twitter the next day right. if you're famous but yeah. i think that you know if you go back couple decades when things weren't as accessible i think there was definitely you know people always let celebrities and famous people get away with more well i mean when you listen back to uh, you know you listen to like the stories involving some of our all-time favorite rock stars like with led zeppelin david bowie yeah i mean they were hooking up with like 14 or 15 year old girls mm-hmm. you know uh, there were, you know, and, but no one, no one paid attention because it was harder to catch them in the act. Well, nowadays everybody's a journalist. Yeah. So I think I do, I very much disagree with him just saying that when you're making money, that's that you can get away with stuff. I do, I do believe in some certain circumstances where it's like, yeah, if you, if you're making crazy billions of dollars and stuff, you are above the law. I mean, I, th- yeah, if, I mean, you, if you, you can, have the right lawyers, you could get away with anything. Right. But in his time frame, cause you said you disagree with them. It was what was actually happening. Okay. The time frame. Well, that's what I'm saying. Back in the when day, black metal was rising and these crimes were, well, because occurring. back in the day, black metal was scary. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. it's not. You know, I mean, now no one's scared of black metal now. Now it's just like if you you listen because you actually enjoy the music. Back in the day, you were going because of the allure, the darkness. Oh, there was something scary. There was something forbidden about it. You would go check it out. You know, but now black metal fans they are going to those shows because they enjoy the music. But back in those days, same thing with Merrill Manson. I mean, the wild shit that he was doing. Yeah, it, it was kind of on par with that. You know, so but these guys, you know, they're burning down churches. They're, you know, we haven't even gotten to the the main crime. You oh know well, I mean? well, we did talk about with Faust how they they performed and that how you know he's family to Isan, right? So for him to perform with someone, he's going to have a different kind of curve with him because he grew up with him. Like you guys would have a different scale with me than the outside world. 
Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. You know, but is it okay, though? If, when you know that, let's just go with that route. When you know that the outside world is going to think that by performing with someone that created this crime, you know, and like Faust did kill a man because he was homosexual. He was a kid when he did it. He did his time. How old was he? He play, I don't know the exact age, okay. but it was, it, let's just say 20 or okay. something. It was around, it, it was, he was in his 20s or something. Yeah. He was probably trying to show off, trying to show his, it was, show, it, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. when, you're, when you're that young and that stupid and you're trying to show off, especially in a thing like black metal back in those days, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Uh, like 20 years ago, you know, you're trying, that's what's so scary about, like extreme views because when you get when you're when you're in a group that's full of nothing but people that have extreme views someone's going to try and show everyone that they're the most down for the cause so they're going to go ahead and think they're doing the right thing he probably thought he was doing the right thing when he murdered that gay dude when it was it was extreme views and then you always have to add the youth Right, to it, but that's youth. what I'm getting yeah, at. It's he, like because basically what it is is you want to show everyone that you're the ultimate warrior. So you go out there, and, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes for the cause, for the cause, for the cause. But if you know that, you romanticize it. When you know, when you say that, when when that same person is 45 and he's a close friend of yours, then you're saying that you can accept knowing that that was a mistake opposed to what he actually. Well, just did. because just because mm. I can just because I can. Uh, empathize a little bit with knowing what it's like to be young and mm-hmm. angry uh that doesn't necessarily mean that i would overlook something like right that. you can understand motivation i mean we can understand the motivation of a, a husband killing his cheating wife but we wouldn't invite him over for dinner right mm-hmm. you what, know, if it, what if it was a close friend of yours would that, it, it would be tough i mean yeah. it, w- it would it would definitely have to be one of those things because you know w- i mean especially me now i mean back in those days 20 years ago uh, how old was I? I was 18 years old. I was, you know, gay folks. They like, I, it was, I wouldn't say I was scared, but I, they, it was, it was just different. I yeah. didn't understand what that was. Now, if somebody's like, Hey, we got to go murder someone. I'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? Right. There's no way I would ever be able to get around that. But back in those days, like in the nineties and stuff like that, when you were a straight dude, the number one insult was you loving dick. You know what I mean? Like that was, and it's still like that today in this day and age for a lot of dudes, you know? So when you, when you come up around that, when you come up around that, I mean, your mind's going to be a little, and especially like I wasn't in the black metal phase. So who knows how I would have turned out when that constant message and that, you know, and that fraternity mindset, I mean, I don't know how I would be 20 years ago. I think it's different when you're in it, when you're in a, when you're in it as a performer and you know, I mean, I can only understand on a small scale level if you're performing in front of hundreds of people and these people are cheering on what you're doing you'll go to 11 you'll go to 12 yeah because they're cheering you on so i'm not saying what he did was right but i'm just saying that you know everybody's human and and is he sound you know deserve to be vilified for you know back in his body no no i think that it's just as human to want to overlook somebody's flaws however extreme and vile they are and let's just go. He, he's not condoning the action, right? And he didn't say that in, in the interview. He's condoning. He's he's he, like like you just said. Is that in a way? Is that he knows that Faust performed on that record? You know that they were going to perform in its entirety. He knows, and so he is giving him the spot of pretty much for that album. He's not with the band right now. He's not playing with them right now. But the point is, is that a lot of people felt at that time that the audience that went to that show is condoning what you know what Faust did. The people on stage are condoning what Faust did. And that is a, a, a weird view in society now where forgiveness, I don't think it even can occur anymore at all. It's weird to on, me. On a, on a major scale. I'm not talking about a one-on-one family scale. I'm talking about 
in a worldly scale. It's weird to me. It's just, I mean, I mean, it's hard because yeah, it's murder and it's intent and there's all these things that go into it, but there's also lots of other celebrities that have murdered people and just people, they're still famous. But different times, like Brandon was saying, like even when he brought up the, you know, the allegation of like, he heard stories about Motley Crue having 12 year olds. And like I said, there's no facts there. It's just, that's just an example he was using. Um, on, on, you know, doing things with them years ago, opposed to what Faust did, you know, but it was different times. If Molly Crew were doing things with 12 year olds in the eighties, and we just brought up Led Zeppelin, David Bowie in the seventies with 14 year olds, that's a different time as grotesque as that is for all our minds right now, right. you know, this is something that was occurring well, then maybe, you know, uh, over time we all end up you know, learning and we all end up processing things it's differently. normalization. Well, right. Yeah. Because things that were once taboo, when you actually break them down or not. Right. I mean. In a lot of cases. Uh, right. It, this is just a hard situation because I can't pretend that, you know, it'd be, it's easy to say, no, fuck that. I would never associate with someone who would do something like that. Or, But if it was Gooch, if it was you, I don't know. I See, don't know. The, I don't know what I would do. If we created something together 25 years and ago. And that sounds like something a 30-year-old would say. <laughs> ah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But again, but the, the, the problem is, and all the cunts on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and stuff, the ones that won't let other people forget, they're all young. They're all young. They all lack yeah. perspective. And they want to sit there and try and pretend like they're judge, jury, and executioner, and they want to feel like they're a part of something. But that's, and that's usually the what same it is. youth that that's we are vilifying at. for what, like, Faust, not the same level, please understand, I'm not linking them, but I'm saying the same mindset of being extreme on the internet and a safe place might be that same mindset of someone doing actually something real 25 years ago when there wasn't an internet. Is that a crazy statement to say? It's No, it's not. Because, again, you're not under constant scrutiny. And it's we also, are living in the age of Big Brother. That's it, what is going on right now. We have eyes on us 24-7. And if you're a celebrity, and if you fuck up in this day and age, forget it. Like, there's no way. Like, So, like, if Emperor would have started, like, now, like, right now, 2018, you know, with 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 using the same marketing technique that they used 20 years ago, nobody would bat an eye in this day and age. Mm-mm. And it doesn't matter how because good, doesn't matter how good the music is. I'm just saying nobody's going to bat an yeah. eye. Those guys back in the day were the ones they were, the, Oh my God, they did what? Get the fuck out of here. You know, now it's like, all right, whatever. It's like watching Guar. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, you're just kind of, you're fun. You're funny. You know, like I'm not scared anymore. No one is. <laughs> I mean, I see that what you're saying, but it's been done. The movement's been done. So you're saying a movement like this, more or less, when nobody would bat an eye. So there will never be another uh, large-scale, scary movement in heavy music, you feel? No. Like, you cannot take it there anymore. Where else could you go? No, yeah. w- w- because are you saying that because of the internet? Because not because of the age of Big Brother, everybody is more human than human. I, I didn't mean to do a, no, a th- Rob Zombie song, but, <laughs> but the point is, everybody is is beyond human. Where before they were above that in a way. No, I agree with Gooch because I think what will happen is there's this progression. You do something crazy, and then that gets a reaction, and you do something crazier. In this day and age, you do one crazy thing, and you are stopped dead in your fucking tracks mm. because they're going to blast you. Your label's going to drop you. Anyone who's representing you, anyone who's using helping you along is going to drop you the minute you do the first thing rock and roll is no longer rock and roll it's a business 30 days 30 days 30 years ago you could fucking do 18 crazy things before somebody caught on to the fact that you were doing crazy shit yeah so i don't think that it could ever get to that point because it'll be stopped at point a 30 years ago too uh, a lot of people have said that the press were more friends 
you know, and now they're more, um, well, the press aren't the press. Well, yeah. they learned they could make more money off the misfortune of their subjects than they could off Absolutely. of the, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. And so that's going to be the, the way to go. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you know that you can make, you know, $5,000 writing a piece on somebody's, you know, inspiration behind an album or you can make $25,000 on a piece behind how they're fucking around on their wife. I mean, that's right. all that's I mean, that's just the and way that's it works another thing, now. too, with young people too, especially angry young people on the Internet. Again, lacking perspective. They want to sit there and point the finger and pretend like they're the they're, they're like they're the moral high house. Super easy you know? when you're 22 and you've exactly. never made a real mistake. And then exactly. And then meanwhile, they're upset because they're. 22 years old and somebody of the same age is a rock star they're on stage you know being yeah. a rock star and yeah. they're pissed off at their current situation so, the world. so they're the exactly envy takes over they're the ones that start retweeting all this shit and start all they want to do it's the scorpion effect when people when somebody climbs out of the hole another scorpion boom drag it back down get back here with the rest of us that's how that's how a lot of these these young people are you know, yeah. it's, uh, that are on the internet because all they wanted but was power be, and this gives them power. Wouldn't we be those young people too if we grew up in this age? Who knows? That's what I'm saying. You're like, totally we, right. We can't say what it's I like to be a young person. No, I don't no. I don't know what it's like to be a young person in this age, but I do know what it's like to be damn near 40 looking at them going, you guys, well, you shit. have no I mean, idea what you're doing. The, these, I mean, these celebrities that, that are now under the scrutiny of social media, these kids were raised by it. That's a whole... Another bag of anxiety apples I don't even want to bite into. Can you imagine? I mean, growing up as a kid, and then you grow up and you have bullies and you have all that shit, all these dichotomies of this microcosm of the, you know, of our culture, of our world in school. But now you have this whole added layer of social media where that continues into your home life, where you no longer get to go home and escape the bullies and escape the, you know, the clicks and all the shit that makes you feel. So that's going to make you become a bully. That's going to make so, you, yeah. that's going to make you have to find some sort of uh, strength in yourself when you, you don't, you know, love yourself in those. I, so, think, I think well, the scrutiny just, isn't, isn't just for people who are famous. I think everyone's under a magnifying glass with social media. Well, I've seen, especially when it comes to the bully tactic though, like you were saying, um, I've seen it happen where people were getting bullied in real life and then all of a sudden they're the cool kids and now they're bullying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all group, it's they, all they, pack mentality. They change with the pack. They, yeah. they, they change with, with what makes them feel good. That's whatever what makes is. you feel good. Well, whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you... Money. Uh, or, or whatever makes you feel like you're fitting in. I mean, that's, well, that's and, always and, what In this day and age, you know, not to say that, you know, none of us have a backbone or anything, but if we were all 18-year-old kids and we wanted to stand up and say, hey, what Faust did wrong or whatever and get on the internet, we might be fearful of what other people are going to retaliate. You know, there's not, there's also, so See, we, I don't even think that if you're young, you have no idea. That's, that's the one thing with young people. They don't understand perspective. They don't understand the consequences, consequences yeah. of yeah. their own actions. So they'll get out there and they're like, yo, what Fawcett was wrong. And then uh, some, every, every piece of shit, uh, that was, that backed Foss, yeah, you know, I mean, everybody that backed them, they would get. You think they're worried about that guy? No, you know, I mean, that and that's like, you know, we brought up, uh, we brought up Antifa, we brought up this. It's just like whenever you go to that extreme, right, you don't understand what you're doing to your own cause, right? You have to pick a side, and to do that before you've even lived a life makes you a real weird person. And well, you that's can't, what it is. You can't have a logical argument about anything. Well, you know, when you've just decided, well, I'm on this side of the argument. Well, right. why? Why did you pick? Like, why can't you not? be on any side why can't you just form a valid well-rounded opinion about what happened and we do definitely want to talk about how people argue these days but before we move on to that like 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 from this interview one thing that you were saying is like yes hate when people hate like faust obviously had to before he did this to this individual when they have 
hate, whether it's, it's racist, whether it's, it's, you know, homophobic, whether it's for, you know, even another political party at this point, they are justifying in their mind, getting rid of something that shouldn't belong in this world without understanding the consequences. That's what's scary. That's why a lot of these mass shootings and things that, that have been happening is like, these people don't understand the consequences, but they think they're doing something in their own mind right. to justify it's, it, right? It's retribution. It's retribution. For, they dude. think they think they're getting retribution for the underdog. Look, it's and the if, path to hell is always paved with good intentions. I mean, say, look, okay, look, at, a couple weeks ago, I blasted Antifa, okay? And the only reason I'm so mad at them is because when that march took place in North Carolina, okay, when you look at Antifa and you're like, oh, yeah, they're punching fascists. Well, I love the idea of punching a fascist. I love it. You know what I mean? I love seeing it. You know what I mean? But... Look what happened. A young girl lost her life. Right. And it was because those guys stepped in and they scared those cousin fuckers and he got behind the wheel of a car and just plowed into a bunch of people. And, and it would not have happened if they didn't take it to that point. And that's what I'm saying. And that's why And when you're young, you don't understand consequences. They might. Some people might have tried to rationalize it, just saying, well, I, she, she ended up becoming a victim of the cause, you know, and, you know, and try and romanticize it in some way. But now at 40... You can see the other viewpoint as well, right? At forty, go ahead and play the devil's advocate of what you just said. Okay, play the devil's. Okay, of okay. Well, these yeah. guys are Nazis, mm-hmm. and you have to stop Nazis. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the viewpoint. Yeah. That's what it is. So by being able to do what you just did, that's what I'm trying to say. Nobody right. has that perspective of both sides. You do have to stop Nazis, and you got to put them down hard because they're threatening violence, and they're bringing hate, and they don't belong in this world anymore, and they're doing all these awful, awful things, and I will do anything to stop them, whether I hit them with a bat, punch them in the face, you know, stab them, do whatever I do so they don't step foot on where I'm at and sh- show that hate to the world. That's a viewpoint right? that y- makes sense to you. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like... So you have both sides. But again, though, ultimately it goes like this. When it comes to perspective, it's like, hey, the baby's crying. Okay, well, I can rock him back to rock him to sleep, maybe give him a bottle and, you know, take a couple of hours until he cries and until he cries himself out and I lay him down in his crib. Or I could put a pillow over his face and kill it. And, and that, bo- both things have happened. But that's what I'm getting but at. But there is a right and wrong. But there is a right and a wrong. But again, it's like when you're just looking at the finished product, Again, that's all they're looking at. They're like, by me doing this, by, by Antifa doing this, they're stopping Nazis. That's what they're telling themselves. But they don't understand uh, there's going to be so many people getting hurt along the way right. because of them intervening. You know I me. Mean? I hate the KKK. And violence against a hate group only bolsters their but cause. But we know that. Yes. We, we know that because where we're at. We're young. We're not old. We're young. We're not young. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, I mean, I'm two years away from 40. Jaws just turned 30. I mean, look at her. She's decrepit yeah, as fuck. Fading fast. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying, but, but I'm just saying, it's like when, you, when you're young, though, again, you really feel like I used to do shit like that. I used to be that guy. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't like it? Boom, brick through the window or some shit. And I'm like, you know, and then next thing you know, I look back and I'm like, oh, fuck, that was fucked up. And so when you judge a group like Antifa, you can do that because you've done things. I've done things. I've done things out of blind rage. And because I felt like I was doing the right thing that I look back on and I go, oh, my God, I made it so much worse. And even at the time. People were telling me, they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, but, but I'm doing the right thing. I got to stop these people. No, you can't because, no, but if you, so you're just going to sit on your fucking hands, dude? That's all you're going to do, dude? I'm the, only, I'm the only real man here? I mean, that's the mentality well, that takes over. Well, people don't understand that, you know, to help a cause or to hurt a cause, you don't have to fight 
the bad thing to bolster the good thing. You can ignore the bad thing and work on improving the opposite side of things if you agree with that. Everything doesn't have to come from a perspective or come from the energy of, I got to smash this down. That thing will smash itself down if you build the other side up. You know, it's not, it doesn't have, that's, that's the thing that I think people don't understand. Well, and ultimately too, it's time. I mean, that's, that's one thing too. I mean, it's time, time gets rid of this shit. Like if anybody sits there and says like times haven't changed again, when it goes back to the times have changed thing. I mean, uh, my, my grandpa, I'll never forget this when, uh, it was 1994. I went back to Ohio for the very first time. Okay. I haven't seen my grandpa and I haven't seen him like probably three years. And this is 1994. Uh, no, yeah, 1994. Yep. And very first, and I'm sitting, at, I'm sitting in his trailer, and we're hanging out or whatever. And he goes, "So, Brandon, any N words in Vegas?" I'm like, wow. Uh, and I go, "No, uh, lots of black folks, though." And then as soon as I said that, he stopped. Years later, years later, like maybe six months before he passed. He's telling me how much he loves Barack Obama, and instead of calling him the N-word, he's over here like, that man, what that man did for this country, that whether you agree with what Obama did or not, the fact that my grandpa is, was looking at a black man and going, that man, right. that man, Changed and the respect in everything. If you, and if you want to sit there and look me in the face and tell me times haven't changed, you can go fuck yourself, and that's the problem. People, people want immediate results so quickly, and they get themselves in trouble by trying to get immediate results. But a recording of your grandfather saying what he said to you in 1994. Exactly. Means I, he is that forever. I would have been, yeah, exactly. People, he is that forever. Yep, exactly. And people would have people would have looked at me like I'm some racist scumbag. Oh, well, you're a descendant. You know I mean? It's like, oh, that, that shit's hereditary. You get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's so dumb. But that's how people are. Like Ben Affleck, for Christ's sake, they did a, he, they did the, the Ancestry.com on him and they ended up finding out that one of his great, 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 great grandfathers was a slave owner, okay? And meanwhile, his mom, meanwhile, Ben Affleck's mom used to march with like Martin Luther King and used to do all these, do all these uh, great things for civil rights. Never mind that year, decades, you know, centuries ago, Ben Affleck's grandpa was a, was a, was a slave owner. So now we have to sit there and look at him the same way. It's so dumb. It's because so the internet has allowed people, it's one way glass. It's allowed people to form an opinion without intaking any information they don't want but, to. You have to intake information you don't want to hear to form a valid opinion. With, with the internet, you get to select exactly what information that you, you take in. And but people, that's you said that very well. But like, it's a choice for you to look at something and be like, "That's not valid information." Yes, you know, and that's we never had that choice all the time when it could be valid information. Very true. And like you, you brought up like he talked about the Ben Affleck versus Sam Harris thing. If you guys haven't seen that, um, it was when Ben Affleck was on Bill Maher. Or the real time. It was a year or two ago. And I'll give you the quick rundown if you guys don't have the time to Google it. But pretty much, um, Bill Maher and. And Sam Harris are talking about from a liberal perspective. And I mean, we can all say us three in this room technically are liberals, right? I lean slightly left. You know, so and I'm the same way. I lean slightly left. I have more conservative viewpoints like in my day to day life when I'm living. But I, I do not I do not put myself in the conservative part. We all feel liberal in that way. However, when when we see like the Sam Harris thing versus Ben Affleck, what ended up happening is that. Um, Sam Harris brought up some points about liberals believe in, you know, freedom, women, equal rights, you know, gay people having equal rights and all these things. But Muslims, the, the religion, 
does not feel that way about women and homosexuals. Overall. Overall. The overall right. teachings. And, and Ben Affleck in that in that bit See, that and that's where he sounded, brought up. Yeah. He, he, when he brought up, what he was saying is that Ben Affleck just was, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist. He didn't show an argument. He just pointed a finger. And that pointing a finger did it for a lot of people that were like, yeah, he is racist. And it's over because they sided with Ben Affleck. But that's because he wasn't listening to what was being said. Well, because again, what happens is, is he heard the trigger word. Yeah. He heard Muslim. And then he's like, I got to defend these people. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, I understand he's totally right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like watching people. I don't like seeing this travel ban getting put into effect or, or, or you know, there's, there's many other things out there. But when you're looking at religion as a whole, Okay, and that's the one thing too. Like liberals will blast the shit out of Christians and their hatred towards towards gays and make it out like you know they're so evil or whatever. But if some other, but if some other uh, religion out there does the same thing, it's just part of their culture. They're the, they're the their, first. Yeah. They're the first ones to say not all of them, not all of them. Right. And it's like, well, why can't you give that same respect to these people? Well, because they're the ruling class. Yeah, but you're but you're but you're showing everyone that you're not a person of principle. Right. It's now, not about the principle. It's about, I've decided I don't like these people, exactly. I've did, which you're no better than anybody else then. Exactly. And now can you see the other viewpoint as well? I could see the other Islamophobia viewpoint. Because Islamophobia is such a dangerous thing in this country. But that's what I'm getting at. It's like you it's could virtually help someone get elected. Because, exactly. But what I'm saying is, is like, can I see the other point where people are like a little bit, uh, like, because again, most of the people, and this goes for fucking everything, whether you're homophobic, Islamophobic, Christian phobic, whatever, put phobic and then insert word, you know what I mean? Before arachnophobic. that. Arachnophobic, whatever. <laughs> and again, that, that even- Spiders go- hate gay people. I'm just saying, but that goes- <laughs> but you, better show, you better show me some results <laughs> from that statement right there. But even arachnophobia, the people that have these un- like these- these insane fears of certain things, it's because they don't know it. I've seen arachnophobics uh, hold a spider, and the next thing they're like, ah! and then they put the spider on their hand, and next thing you know, they're playing with the fucking tarantula, okay? Same thing happens when, when, you, when you sit a dumb redneck who's, never been a, who's probably been around two black dudes in his entire life. Now, all of a sudden, these things get through. You know what? You're not like the others. Well, You've never met any others. Right. You know what I mean? So again, all of a sudden their perception has changed. Right. It's changed. Well, that's the thing is that like you talked, like, this is exactly what you talk about. People want immediate results. The, the interpretation of religion evolves even within the most fundamentalist groups in, in that, in those societies. So yes, there, there is probably, you know, there is a, you know, uh, a Muslim belief that homosexuality is wrong or is against their beliefs, but does that mean that there's not sex of it that are probably moving past that? that and that's and that's the thing. Exactly. You have to give the the forward thinking people in certain religions well, now how more many, weight than the the old. Agreed. Thinkers. How that's, many, that's the thing. And, and again, how many Christians? Ben Affleck shouldn't have yelled, but how, still. <laughs> but but again, because of that, how many churches have we seen? And again, here's me sticking up for Christians. Okay, how many churches have we seen? change yeah all of a sudden gay people can be there's this married in there all of a sudden it's not viewed as an abomination all of a sudden it's like well maybe god meant it like this and they changed it around pope as well there's this fame pope as well there's this internet viral i can't think of it it's either it's one of the 
the the you know white religion sects. It's like Presbyterian or one of those. But I accept. They have a. It's two churches across from each other on the street, and one's very fundamentalist, and and this church is starting to become more progressive. So they've made all these signs to to combat this other church, where it'll say like you know this other church had homosexuality as a sin, so this church said you know if you're gay, come pray, like stuff like that. So, I mean, I agree with you. There is this, this thing happening where people aren't recognizing that, that like Pete said, the forward thinkers are there. It's just more fun to talk about what is happening. The backwards thinkers. What is happening and more and more, more and more people are having this happen. All of a sudden they're getting perspective. And like when you want to talk about gay rights, all right, well, conservatives are usually the ones that are labeled as the homophobics. They're the ones that are usually going, I don't want them getting married. Well, John McCain used to be like that. Then all of a sudden his daughter ended up becoming gay. Now he's like, I want gay marriage. Right. He got so, perspective. Exactly. So the second it happens to you, shit changes. Well, and the second you meet someone involved in that group that can at least talk to you without screaming in your face and losing their mind, all of a sudden you gain perspective. Holy shit, they're not all like that. Think about that next time you talk Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I know. So, uh, but with that said, guys, I know, um, and I, I, you know, Isan did have us want to have this conversation and talk about all these things, but to change a global perception or global perspective, um, it, it takes individuals and everybody wants to fit in. So like it goes back to history repeats itself in a lot of ways. The world is getting better in a lot of ways as well. Forgiveness is something that will always be a benchmark in my mind for us becoming better. That's it. You know, forgiveness, moving forward, respecting people, hopefully teaching those villainous, evil people that did evil acts something smart so they don't want to do it again and they actually have true remorse. It just takes time. It yeah. all takes time. It takes decades. And, and to change an entire perspective or, or perception of, of generation after generation after generation of people who had different perception and different perspective, um, that's not going to happen as long as your generation does the right thing and, and, and learns how to treat people fairly. But the biggest thing that I learn is that when you don't know and you fear it, your perception is always wrong. Right. Your perspective and is always wrong. If you wrong. don't take a second to realize that nobody, no world will ever exist where everyone is treated fairly, you will never get perspective. Look, in the end, it's always yeah. the golden rule. It's always, you know, do on to others as you want them to do unto you. It's the same shit. It always ends up becoming that. You, it just, but it's all, but again, it all ends up becoming a time thing. You can't look at one person and go, and, and it's just assumed that they're evil. I'm sorry. Even, even ISIS you look at ISIS and you're like, God damn, you people are fucking disgusting. But then if I were raised in that area and I had that pumped into my head over and over and over again and my whole community and every friend I've had and my parents and my family. You would think we were disgusting. I would think I would. Th- exactly. You yeah. know, so so when so again, everybody's every awful thing for the most part. I mean, eventually you have your Dylan roofs and you have that piece of shit that, that shot up that school in Florida, whatever. Like, I don't even like saying their names, but it's like eventually you're going to have people out there that do straight up fucking evil and there's no answer for it. OK, but honestly, how often does that happen where it is straight evil? Hmm. 
It's very, very rare. All I know is that people spend too much time focusing on things that are not within arm's reach. And if they just focused instead on the negativity not within arm's reach and started creating positivity within arm's reach, the ripple effect is massive. Yes. I mean, I, that's on, on that note, I mean, I'll say it a million times. Like, you can change the world. If you have a child, you can teach him right. You can do all these things in your little universe. And if everybody did that, you know, it, it would be good. However, we all have different perception. We all have different perspective. We're going to raise our kids all differently. And as long as you just accept and I don't think you need to have a kid that. to do that. No, not kids. I'm, you're, I'm not just saying kids. I'm saying that in the future. Okay. Like, you know, like... All if, children if are pe- different. If people teach people hate, bro... It's going to happen. They're going to again. Ha- it's it's going to happen. But, but that, this is. That's but the again, problem. that's so. But again, and this is just for a whole nother podcast. But when you're talking about teaching hate, a lot of times they're not teaching hate in their eyes. They're teaching love. Love. That's what I'm teaching. Love. Don't turn out like that. That's sick. That's the you know turn turn out like the people that love you. That's always. That's always. Love is at the root of so much evil. If you really look, at love it. is at the root of manipulation. Yeah. Right. Lo- love and hate. They say it's there you the go. same. So so close. So, anyways, guys, we want to thank uh, Isan just for you know having this co- continuing the conversation for calling into the, to the show, uh, giving me a great interview. I know it was it was a tough one. Want to want to promote his record one more time. Amur is out May fourth, two thousand eighteen. Make sure you pre order that. Check check out any of that stuff. So we'll be back on track next week with the news and all that stuff, guys. But we really want to thank you guys for uh, hanging in there and listening to this uh, this episode. So uh, until next week, friends. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.